0: welcome everybody to the table rush talk show uh today i'm super excited to have on the show joseph wilkins and joseph wilkins i guess are you the proprietor of funny sales videos.com is proprietor an accurate word for that
1: owner president toilet cleaner janitor whatever you want to say love it and um
0: super excited to have you on man i i you know First, first off, uh, kudos to your podcast uh, interview setter, right? And um, she did a great job of setting this up. Anybody watching, like hire yourself a podcast setter, create a nice little bio, obviously do something that kicks butt like you do, Joseph. Um, but she was great, man. She followed up. Great. reached out once. I ignored it. She reached out again and I was like, okay. So, um,
1: (laughs) Persistent pays off.
0: Persistence pays off sales, right? I'm always, I have a long history of sales. So, um, lots of telemarketing. Um, and it's that five times, make them say no five times, man. So I'm, I'm, I'm guessing she follows the same rule. And, uh, I was looking forward to three more, uh, invites (laughs) anyway. Um, so yeah, man, you're super successful at creating sales videos uh, for companies, and I don't, I don't know if s- funny sales videos, right? Let's say two to five minutes. Um, you've worked with uh, LinkedIn, McDonald's, Goldman Sachs, Chevrolet, Home Depot. Um, you're creating viral style videos. Um, I will be perfectly honest with you too. I saw your uh, shiny picture you know, your bio picture and it said, you've been doing this for 20 years. And I thought, no way he looks this young yet. Here you are looking (laughs) this young. So uh,
1: Yeah. There's probably a good filter on it. Making me looking, making me look young. (laughs) Right. You've got it dialed
0: in. Um, So I guess, man, you're, you're, you're successful at making these little, little, these little videos or vignettes or what would you call them? What I I don't want to insult what you do by calling them the wrong thing.
1: No, I mean, they're, they're funny sales videos, right? The name kind of says, says what it is. Um, But the goal, I guess the reason for it, and let me just backtrack just a second. So we haven't been doing this for 20 years. We started out 20 years ago doing what I would say everyone else is doing, which is your traditional corporate sales videos, TV commercials, infomercials. That was our background. So for 15 years, we actually started out in television. Um, we did full-length 30-minute infomercials, shorter in, shorter TV spots, and then we did videos that people would put online. The problem is that, I don't know about you, I don't even have a television subscription the way that we used to, right? And And there's a lot of people watching that probably never had one in their, in their lives, you know, millennials, are, you know, cord cutting or not having a cord at all. And so people were not seeing the commercials that we were producing. And when we would put them online, they just wouldn't work the same way. Mm-hmm. And so after 15 years of doing every kind of sales video you can think of to sell different clients' products, we came to the realization that people just weren't watching them the way that they used to because we don't we used to force them to watch it right you're not watching the next episode of your show unless you watch us or we would catch you in the middle of the night on a you know a weekday when you can't sleep with an infomercial well people just don't channel surf the way that they used to yeah so yeah. about five years ago is when we finally made the decision can i ask you we got to do, sorry to, yeah sorry to interrupt really quick that must sure. have been fiscally
0: painful or financially painful i mean oh yeah yeah so like talk to me about that like was it were you was, was the business collapsing on itself and, and yes think, yep. yeah tell me about that pain what was going
1: on yeah I mean, so So, I mean, we all remember the crash of 2008. That was when it really started. Um, And it, you know, kind of coincided with the time that TiVo and DVRs were coming out so that you could skip those commercials. Yes. Um, and, And I had a media buying partner. His only job was to buy remnant television airspace. And the prices on airtime were not coming down. They were... Staying flat, and in, in fact, in some cases, they were going up because TV companies weren't making as much money. They had the same overhead, so they had to put their prices up. In some cases, uh, okay. And our clients' results, their sales, their return on ad spend was going down, and so we started losing customers. And so I literally had to look at the business. Um, we we didn't lay anyone off, but we didn't hire when people left. Um and and I definitely had some sleepless nights figuring trying to figure out how do I make payroll? How do I, you know, keep keep our operation in business. Um and so yeah, it it was a painful time for sure.
0: So did 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 you're married at the time, you've got kids, you've got a yep. new family at the all, time. All or... of the above. Four uh, and four kids now, three at the time. Yeah. So you're feeling the you're feeling the, I mean, I've been in Necessity is the mother of invention, right? I've been a, a young father with a new child and, and a business collapsing around me. And it's like, oh, oh no, right? Uh, so, yeah. I, I mean, when you say it was painful or however you said it, I'm imagining that ulcers perhaps were on the way or there's, yeah, or there's, I will, or go ahead.
1: I will say this. I've always, from day one, like literally 20 years ago, quitting my corporate job a well-paying, you know, as a marketing director for an international company, um, you know, I was comfortable, but I made the decision that I wasn't going to go into debt. Now, how do you do that? How do you jump ship, start a video production studio, literally buy a studio space, build it out, get all the equipment? I just decided... I was going to be extremely scrappy. I was going to make do with what I could. I mean, we literally, I don't know how much detail you want to get into, but if I was a, you know, a new entrepreneur looking to start out, I think these lessons are valuable. Tell me. There's definitely, there's definitely a time and a place and a type of business that absolutely has to take on capital. Um, You know, a lot of the biggest companies in the world wouldn't exist today without it. But personally... I wouldn't have survived those hard days if I had a banker that was calling for you know, a, a mortgage uh, every month or investors that were carving out percentages of our profit. And I just made a very conscious decision that instead of getting investors, I would align myself with strategic partners who would help bring on some of the you know I, I partnered up like I said with a media buyer between us we okay. split all of the bills 50-50 we, we purchased a studio space that was the scrappiest space in the ghettos of the, you know the part of Salt Lake City that I live in <laughs> yes. I mean we literally got robbed a couple of times uh, wow. we had good insurance so we made it through um, but, but if if it, when it all came crashing down, if I was positioned, if I was leveraged differently, I wouldn't be here 12 years later. No, mm-hmm. no question about it. So running lean definitely saved us. I love
0: that. Did you at the time cash in IRA? So you're successful in your corporate job?
1: No, um, no. it was, I mean, it wasn't that bad. Um, it didn't ever get to the point. And, and again, you know, going into details, but I, I hired a lot of commission-only salespeople. And so, you know, their job, that they were basically freelancers that brought us contracts yeah. and they felt it just as much as we did when it started to go down. So, so I, I'm saying all of that to say this, we had to very quickly reinvent ourselves. Love it.
0: Thank you.
1: And so what we did is we said, okay, people don't like commercials, Flat out, they're not gonna watch them online. What are they doing? If they're not on TV, where are they going? And the answer is obvious, it's online. It was social media, it was you know uh, YouTube, Facebook, now it's Instagram, TikTok, we can talk about all the different platforms. But the, the fundamental concept was, if they're shifting over to an online experience where they're not expecting to have to watch ads, we had to create content that felt like the reason they were going there in the first place. And they weren't going there to watch ads. They were going there to waste some time. They were going there to be entertained. They were going there to have a coffee break and just lighten the mood for a few minutes before they got back to whatever they were doing. And so our our thesis was simple. If we can create content that looks like sketch comedy, that doesn't feel like an ad, Until we had them hooked. And what I mean by that is we tell them a fun story that whether or not they buy, they feel like, oh, that was fun to watch. And then they start to like us. Now, if we can at the same time tell a relevant story that tells the story of somebody that feels like them or feels like they have a similar problem that our client's product solves then it only stands to reason that you're connecting with them on an emotional level we use humor some other people say that they like to you know use fear or use you know emotions to tug at the heartstrings oh, to man. get to cry yeah i mean yeah. those are much in my opinion just as valid harder to do Humor to, to me is the is the best way to consistently create content that connects emotionally. But I'll I can talk in a minute about you know how how does that help your listeners or your viewers do the same. And what we had to do, we spent about a year creating the right team of writers. Because good comedy, it's a fine line between good comedy and bad comedy. And I'm not talking about you know, off-colored comedy. I'm talking about bad comedy that just feels silly, right? It's got to be intelligent humor that connects with the audience that's listening, sucks them in, and then while we have them, we'll try to pitch them and get them to buy our product if it's relevant. We don't want people just buying for the sake of buying. We we target the right people that we know have the same problems that our product or solutions solve and then we basically just make a friend with them. And, and the goal is to make an immediate sale and a lot of people say um, in fact you alluded to it earlier, you know a lot of people say you've got to hit somebody with seven different impressions of your product or service before they'll actually take it in. And you know we can debate the numbers, but these kinds of videos are like a multi-impression experience. If I can get you to watch a three-minute sketch comedy piece that also has my sales messaging in, it's going to be so much more effective than throwing seven meat pitch videos at you that just say, buy my product, buy my product, buy my product. I don't care about giving you anything in return. So that was a long way of saying we saw sales from our clients go from, you know, I mean, almost just break even sometimes losing money running ads on television and even running ads on YouTube using commercials that just feel like commercials to where, um, I mean, our first ever campaign when we launched funny sales videos and started to do this humor right, we immediately with a very, very small client with a pretty small budget, we got over a half a million dollars in immediate sales From a campaign that maybe cost, you know, low tens of thousands. So astronomical results, we had over 7 million views on that campaign. Um, We'd never got anything. In fact, our biggest campaign before that, with non-funny videos, I think we got a video into the 100,000 views. But fast forward to today, our biggest campaign um, is for a laundry detergent, so not a particularly sexy or funny topic. But we have over a hundred million views on that campaign and millions and millions and millions of dollars in sales. So these are genuine, genuinely transformational campaigns that can take any product, any service. I don't care whether you're targeting CXOs with a B2B product or teenagers with a skin cream product. Humor I, can I, sell.
0: I, I love that. I, I anybody watching and or listening right now. Go to funnysalesvideos.com. You've got two examples of the laundry detergent, which I loved. Um, it looks like you oftentimes, you. yeah, you use the same uh, actors, shall we say?
1: Yeah, it's a um, campaign. So you had the same character, just in different situations. Just like you know, the progressive lady, you see her in all different kinds yes. of, of ads or Geico the gecko, same thing.
0: Yeah. And then I was looking at the, uh, I don't want to get off track, but I just want to make sure people go to funny sales video.com. Uh, check out what you do. Cause you can see these awesome videos and you can see the, the sketch comedy, but you can see the underlying production value is what I would say. So like you clear that there's thought into it, that it's, it's well scripted. It's like, it's, it's, they're very well done from, thank from, you from that regard. Yeah, absolutely. And then Uh, You've got a great, I want to make sure to say this at least a few times that you've got a great ebook available right now, which you can get to from funnysalesvideos.com. And it's how to produce a funny sales video without hiring us. It's simple to follow steps. And I did dive into that a little bit and it's awesome. Ton, a ton of value there. So Anybody listening, watching, definitely go to funny sales videos.com. You'll get amazing ideas. It'll get your brain thinking, right? Like already I was like, yeah. And, and my, my, my brain started going, all right, what's the formula here? What's the formula here? Right. Yeah. And, uh, you basically give it to everybody, uh, with that free ebook. So people should just, if you're selling, if you're in the video game, uh, you should go to funnysalesvideos.com, check out what, what uh, Joseph Wilkins is doing, who I have the pleasure of having on here right now, obviously, and get that free ebook. Ton of value. Um, Thank you. Well, yeah. Uh, and I'll just,
1: I'll just add one thing. It's not just if you're selling in a traditional sense of, I have you know a product and I want to sell more of them. You can use these principles. We have used these principles to generate leads to raise funds. We've done a video for a company that was doing a kick, not not a Kickstarter, but a crowdfunding. They needed to raise capital. They were a small startup. They needed to get their idea out there and then show big time investors. Um, I can't remember how many millions of dollars we raised for one company in just two weeks using one of these videos. So it doesn't matter what your end goal is. Humor, and people say to me all the time, I don't know that my... Customer or my business is a funny business. And I say, Hallelujah, because we wouldn't have a job if it was. The point is, it doesn't matter. In fact, the more boring the company, the more opportunity there is because your competitors aren't going to be doing this. The very nature of marketing is disrupt, do something that's different, stand out, don't get ignored. And as long as your potential customer is a human, They have emotions. They like to smile. They like a good story and they have a need. And so there is no customer out there or no business, no matter how boring, how corporate that can't use humor.
0: It's beautiful. I love that. Thank you for that. Uh, one of the videos too, is for like a a pee bottle for old people. (laughs) (laughs) It's a a brilliant one of uh, my favorites. Yeah. It's a great one. That's a great example. Uh, so yeah. urine,
1: urine bottle, not pee as in the vegetable.
0: <laughs> yes, urine bottle. <laughs> the gut, There's some great, um, I want to make sure there's some great, there's some great little lines and hooks in there. And and I definitely want to hear more about hiring the writers because that's yeah. clearly the stuff's well-written and that's key. But Thank I am, you. I'm, I'm, maybe it's due to my own age, but um, you've retired from a successful corporate job. 20 years ago you've been doing this now for 20 years you've had a couple peaks and valleys and and you know you're you've refined your process but i, I how old are you if you don't mind me asking like i'm looking I'm, at you going the timeline doesn't make sense to me i'm 48 48 yeah so wow
1: are you you live some sort of a healthy lifestyle would you say or i do i do um i uh, i exercise for 30 minutes every day i don't drink i don't smoke um i'm that that's a religious thing i'm a member of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints some people know us as mormons but i think that helps in a way um but 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 i probably need to give the most credit just to my genes i I, my whole family look younger than they are so
0: yeah well i I love the the i think uh i don't i i don't drink, smoke, do any of that stuff. Um, when I was in my forties, I got told I looked a a lot younger than I was all the time. Now that I'm in my fifties with the big mop of hair, I don't hear it so much anymore, (laughs) but I think speaking to a healthy lifestyle, a clean lifestyle is always good. Um, I think, uh, I think, being off uh, potentially addictive substances, not to go down a rabbit hole is indeed the fountain of youth. So,
1: yeah, uh, I agree. I agree. Uh, I agree. I also think it helps your mental clarity. I mean, there's studies that have been done that, that will show, you know, health, health isn't just physical, it's spiritual, it's mental. And I think when you're tasked as I am on a daily basis with coming up with ideas i mean we could talk forever on how does an idea get formed where does it come from how can you tune into the mindset that makes you open to receive ideas i mean you know that's that's a whole that's probably the most important thing that we do as a business is come up with ideas and i certainly don't take credit for at least you know a quarter of the ideas that we come up with that's that's my team but you know, how do you as a business owner start coming up with good ideas? And I'm not just talking about for videos. I'm talking about for your business plan. I'm talking about how do I, you know, come up with ideas for my website? And a lot of the time, it's the opposite of what we're doing right now. Sitting at a computer is the worst place, in my opinion, to come up with that, with ideas. I mean, if I if I spun this camera around, you'd see the beautiful mountains of Utah, I love nothing more than to get away, get out there and just be in nature and, and let my mind relax. And that's where I really find the ideas come. And also, it's not always possible, but get away from deadlines. You know, my clients hate the fact that when the phone rings and they ask me, how much is it going to be to produce a campaign and how long does it take? The idea that they like the least is how long does it take? It takes four months to produce a video. And we won't work with you if you're not ready to wait. <laughs> it, it takes us two months to produce the script. It takes us about a month to find the right actors, the right locations, the right sets, the right pr- props. The actual filming is the quickest part. Normally, it takes us a day or two to film one of these and then it takes us a month to, to post-produce. So all the editing, the color correction, graphics, and everything like that. So you said earlier, it looks like that this has been well done. Well, that's because we took the time to do it right. And, and a lot of that two months of scripting is what I call empty time. So we'll write the script, and, and we have at least seven writers on every script. And so we're batting ideas back and forth between me as the create creative director that's supervising the whole process, but then my team of marketing writers, story writers, and comedy writers. I have three different groups of people, but you have to let it breathe. You can't say, okay, we're going to give it to you on Monday, you on Tuesday, you on Wednesday, and by Sunday, it's ready to give to the client. No, we want to give at least a couple of weeks to let ideas marinate. I mean the best ideas sometimes come in the water closet and you have to have so many bowel movements before you get enough time for ideas to marinate. And so literally you've got to take away the pressure for the better ideas to make themselves manifest. Oh my
0: God. I love this. You know, um, I've got a theory. This is the way I'm working these days, right? I I was definitely deadline driven. I was, uh, 100% hundred percent commission sales for a good 20 years of my life and successful at it. And
1: good for you. Y- yep. Yep. I mean, Aren't we all business owners, entrepreneurs with <laughs> permission only?
0: That's right. <laughs> that's right. It used to drive my mother crazy. I think until the day she died, she was like, when are you going to get a salary job? And I'm like, <laughs> I just, I, <laughs> it's not going to happen for me. But um, I was extremely disciplined in my approach and set up systems and, and uh definitely tried to come from a service aspect, right? I was constantly, my process as a salesperson, and even today is like, hey, God or universe or call it what you will, how can I be of service, right? Who who do you want me to serve? How do you want me to serve them? Um, I'm not sure why I'm talking about this in particular, but just, I I think it talks to a little bit of what you're talking about. You're trying to give uh, space for the ideas to percolate, for the inspiration to come from, And you said it like, where is that inspiration coming from? Is it coming from me or is it coming from something bigger, broader? You know, and I I love that idea and I love that concept. But anyway, I had a shift, you know, where I was like goal driven, numbers driven, calls driven, appointments driven, you know, all the, and I was, you know, I was like, I'm going to have a heart attack and die if I keep living like this. So perhaps I'll go to a more non goal oriented business structure right where and which is a little bit what you're talking about you're like hey this is going to take at least four months got to let the ideas marinate we got to let we got to let stuff develop nurture let that give time for that inspiration for the universe to come in and so I, i'm definitely trying to live my own life on the business side of things from that same thing it's like hey i'll all like you can see on my board behind me my process these days is i'm like i'm writing down all the ideas that come to me and then following the breadcrumbs of the ones that stick and trying to let go of timelines trying to let go of timelines and expectations thank you for listening
1: to that <laughs> <laughs>
0: um quick uh, are you active in your church super active
1: I am. Yeah, it's it's my family and my faith are the two most important things in my life. I love that. Um you're British or I am. Yes, I kind of sound half-baked cuz I've been here for 20 so I moved to the United States when I was 21. So, I've lived here longer than I lived in my home country, which is a weird feeling. Um I'm actually going home in a couple of weeks. Uh I'll give a little plug. It's it's for a video marketing conference. Uh, it's going to be held at Oxford University. Sounds pretty impressive, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. But that's
0: that's Is the, it vid- in the basement.
1: <laughs> no, no, it's <laughs> actually in this really grand speakers' room that all the prime ministers and JFK and um, a lot of the uh, you know world's greatest people have ever spoken. So it's extremely humbling. But to to give a plug, if you if you're interested, look Absolutely. at VidTau. I think it's vidtaulive.com. Um, but it's called the Vidtao Summit, and the uh, chairman of Ogilvy up. is going to be there. V I D Vid V I D T A O. I think it's live.vidtao.com. But they're gonna, we're gonna have the chairman of Ogilvy Advertising, which is one of my um, heroes of of advertising. Was David David Ogilvy? Is a lot of other great speakers the the subject is mainly talking about creating video sales letters um the the strategies around that but they're bringing me in to kind of give my spin on it um but it should be a great event august 17th and 18th um how many people do they expect uh a few hundred it's not and it's not a stadium like i said it's a very prestigious kind of a, a, a smaller event but uh it's worth me. It's worth me traveling to the other side of the world and I'll have a few meetups with my family while I'm there. So that, that'll be Heck good.
0: Yeah. T- tell me, I, I've obviously heard of Ogilvy and David Ogilvy. What are your favorite, like, give me your top three insights that you've learned from David Ogilvy.
1: So the, the first one I would say is his. Hey, his actually, whole, do me a favor repeat yeah.
0: and repeat that question for me. The top thing I've learned sure. from. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. The. The top things that I learned, and I'll just uh, plug his book, um, his long since past, but uh, David Ogilvy's Ogilvy on Advertising. In fact, it's uh, it's on my shelf over there. It's, uh, it's one of the very first advertising books that I read way back when I was working as a marketing director. But some of the things that he talks about are um, copy, copy, copy. Look at your copy. Refine your copy. And he actually was a very big advocate for more copy. Like, you know, the more you can hook people into reading your copy and then keep their attention to read more of the copy, the more you tell, the more they'll that you'll sell. And I've kind of taken that 20 years later and I'm applying it to what we do. So again, we hook you, but a lot of people will say, goodness, my Facebook ret tells me my videos should be 15 seconds or shorter. And I say, that's true. If you don't have a creative bone in your body, which most people, they're not producing the kinds of videos that will earn that attention. So I look at it differently. I say, yeah, I actually, I have less than 15 seconds. I have three seconds to get your attention visually. most people will be scrolling through videos with the sound off so i have to be visual that's why it's so important that you have somebody who knows how to not just film something but dress the set make things look visually appealing i mean look at me right now i'm not just sitting against a white wall i'm putting things to visually hook you to say wait what is that a real background yes it is this is my studio but I've got to stop your attention as you're scrolling through ads, or I've got to stop you from clicking that five-second skip button on YouTube, and so I've got to visually hook you, but that's not enough. Now I've got to tell you some, some kind of a story that will get you to lean in and say, what's going on here? I want to pique your curiosity." And then once I've got that, I've earned another 15 seconds, and then I've got to do it all over again. And every 15 seconds, I've got to remember, is there a hook there? Is there another joke there? Is there something that's happening that's constantly keeping your attention so that I can keep you through all three minutes of my commercial, which is more copy that David Ogilvy talks about?
0: I love that thought that you just said, and I can't believe it's never really resonated or or sunk in like you just said it. I've got to, every 15 seconds, get a new visual or audio, oh, a new hook to keep you engaged. So yep. you're strategically writing, thinking, all right, 15 seconds, like, what are we doing here? Next 15 seconds, what are we doing here?
1: Is yeah, that, and that's a that very... Correctly? Yes, absolutely. And I'm not saying we're perfect at, at it. And I'm not saying that every video that you see, we will keep to that rule, but we, we do as close as we can to that model. And it really comes from my days of the infomercial, where my enemy was this for people that are listening and not viewing, I'm holding up a remote control. What we used to do My very first infomercial, 30-minute infomercial for The Little Giant Ladders, we spent, or the client spent, I should say, tens of thousands of dollars. Once that show was produced, we didn't just throw it on TV. We spent thousands and thousands of dollars to to hire a focus group company that had a one-way mirror. Room, And they would fill that room with the people that we told them were our demographic that we were after. And they had a little dial and we would show the infomercial and they would constantly have to move from, I like what I'm seeing. I'm kind of indifferent. I don't like what I'm seeing. And, and we would get the data. And we would be able to see afterwards, where are we losing people? Where are people getting bored? Where are people not liking? And we would go back into the video and edit those parts out or speed it up or try to figure out why are people not liking this part? And so as I'm writing my scripts or as I'm reviewing the scripts, as we're shooting, as we're editing, I'm constantly thinking of the mental remote control in people's minds where they say, I'm getting bored. I don't like this. I don't understand this. And so if anything, you know, I'll take the criticism of our videos that they're almost overwhelming there's almost too much going on. It's almost too fast because I never want people to get bored. I never I never have silences or pauses. I even overlap people talking at times because when one section is finished, I want to go right into the next. And you can see that same data in your YouTubes or Facebook analytics. It will show you that graph and you'll see places where people are dropping off. Where are people bouncing? Um, And so, you know, it's not just art, it's also science to figure this stuff out.
0: I love it. I'm writing down awesome questions for you, but the questions are just like (laughs) flooding through me right now, Um, or coming in. uh, What, so uh, three minute video, you've got your uh, every 14 seconds, a new hook or new something to keep people engaged. Uh, uh, The hook part of your video you've got a formula obviously so let's really get them engaged for the first 30 seconds now let's tell the story of the product now let's let's ask them for their money or now let's put the guarantee in or yep. you've got you've got this formula for
1: all that yeah I speak to that Yeah, maybe. exactly so i'll talk real quick about the first thing which is the hook we you know we've been doing this for 20 years and i always say We know something, but we still don't know what the customer is going to do in any given situation. So the first thing that we do, wherever a client can afford to spend just a little bit more, we always encourage doing an ABC split test on the hook and an ABC split test on the offer. Now let's talk about those two real quick. So I have one client that came to me a couple of years ago. Super, super small company, literally a one-man band that had invented a pain tuner that helps to vibrate and kind of get rid of headaches. Nobody had ever heard of it before. Cost $500. His question to me was, can we sell this to cold traffic with one video? My answer was yes, but it's going to take four months and it's going to take about $30,000 to produce the video. Um, He had the confidence, went for it, and we created a video that... um, now to a, to his warm list which was actually pretty cold so a list of email addresses and old people that he that he had their contact on we did and i would never guarantee this and i would never promise this we did a 19.6 return on ad spend in other words for every dollar that we spent promoting that video to that list we got $19.6 in return i mean it was astronomical. Um, within a year, he'd doubled his sales. He, I mean, In fact, there's a video of him on our homepage talking about how I completely eliminated his debt within one year because of this campaign. Sustainably, we did a, I think it was a 5X to cold traffic. Again, selling a $500 item to somebody that has never heard of them, in a product category that they have no reference from the only way we were able to do that is just by getting super crazy creative um, and actually it's one of my favorite videos it's it's one where you see we start out and we see this zombie it's this lady that's groaning in pain we brought in a special effects makeup artist to make a look like a zombie and then we pose a simple question Ever wonder what's going on inside your head during a migraine? And then the camera zooms in through her pupil. We go into her brain and we see this Star Trek control center. Anyway, this these this was just crazy ideas that came out of brainstorming what if. Um, and so you have to eliminate judgment. You have to eliminate, you know, anyone feeling like they'll get laughed at or, you know, put down if they throw out a bad idea because the point is you want bad ideas because that will lead to a good idea we never would have come up with that off the top of the head but the hook is what got people that visual of a zombie and then that question that was not just audible but we put it big and bold on the screen so that anyone is going to get hooked into that then we tested with those with different offers you know i think one was buy one, get 25% off. Another one was, you know, just playing with different dollar amounts. And another one, I believe we did a white paper or if we didn't, we should have, you know, a white paper of, you know, download this free guide of 10 things you can do to relieve your headaches instantly. Or, you know, you, you, you're you testing different things because you never know upfront what the customer is going to do. So that's why we'll do three completely different opening hooks. We'll test them with a very small budget to see, Which one works the best before we spend any significant money? We'll do the same thing with the hook. Um, One thing I always like to say is, you know, buy one, get one free financially is exactly the same as get 50% off is exactly the same as get $250 off if it's a $500 product. But which one of those three is going to resonate the most with your audience? You won't know until you test it. So again, it's data, it's science mixed with the art and the, you know, the visuals.
0: So did you, did you ABC test? It sounds like uh, hooks with this one With,
1: uh, with the head. I watched that video. It's awesome, by the way. I'm trying to think if we actually did on that particular one on most of them, we do. I think on that one, because the client was so strapped, he only had enough budget to do one, but it ended up being a winner. And, but you never know. We have another client that did an ABC test, and we have a case study with v- video of this on our on our website. Um, with, in fact, it was the the urine uh, product, and, and I should elaborate. It was a medical device for old people that can't get out of bed because they're either, you know, they've just had surgery, or maybe late at night they they just are tr- afraid of tripping in the middle of the night and having a fall. So it's a bedside pan with kind of this spaceship type arm that you put you know where like astronauts do it's exactly what astronauts do to go relieve themselves anyway we did an abc opening hook on that version one of that hook did a 1.9 return on ad spend the exact same video the only difference was the opening five seconds, five to 10 seconds. Version two of that with the same video, different hook, did a 2.7 return on ad spend, and version three did a 4.1. So more than double between hook one and hook three, you would never know, you know, hook one is a 1.9. Maybe that's a break even, um, but that's really not gonna make anyone rich the difference between that and a 4.1 is the difference between a campaign that's not really sustainable, and one that literally—and I'm not—I'm not just saying this to make us sound good. They sold out of 100% of their inventory in two months, and we had to shut the campaign down because of the COVID um, supply chain issue. They couldn't get more product from China for nine months. So the other thing I'll say. Is you can do all of this work, get a fantastic campaign, but if you're not ready for the success it's gonna bring, it, it it won't, you know, you're not gonna make the money that the campaign is ready to bring you. So be ready for the success. Get all your ducks in a row, get your inventory sorted out, make sure that the supply chain is good. There's a whole nother conversation about, well, what do I do with the click? Once somebody's seen my video and clicks. How do I make sure my sales funnel is optimized? How do I make sure I upsell that client? Because the goal of these campaigns is to give them the low-hanging fruit offer, the least barrier to entry. You know, whether that's a free trial, whether that's a risk free guarantee, whether that's a even taking a loss on the very first sale to get the customer, because I know that I can sell them, upsell them, you know, get them into subscription descriptions your your listeners probably know uh, a lot more about their individual products which version of these works best for them but just get creative the goal shouldn't just be to make the money from the one sale the goal should be to develop a sales funnel, a nurture system that over the lifetime value of a new customer that you're plotting out to figure out you know maybe if I'm selling this widget, I can sell it for $10 and I'll break even, but I know that they'll want to buy more in the future. And so my profit will be, you know, amortized over X amount of years or whatever it is.
0: I love it. You're, you're, you're doing on the front end. You're hopefully increasing cart value by, by having some upsell potential. So they buy the, 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 um, (laughs) the, the urine kit. (laughs) (laughs) or the, or the head, the head, uh, the, the, um, the The headache remover. Um, so you get him, And then what, what were some of the upsells if somebody clicked through and was like, yeah, I want the head headache thing. What was the, what were some of the upsells you had?
1: That one's probably not the best example because it was a $500 device and that's the only product that they made. And so to me, that's an even bigger testament of the value of these videos is that we made all the profit on click number one. A better example is probably True Earth, the, the laundry detergent company yep, that we yep. have. You know, the offer on the video is click now and get a 30-day risk-free trial. I mean, th- that's a no-brainer. Yes, I'm it's a it's a better product than what I currently have. It's also helping the planet because it doesn't use plastic disposable jugs that people think get recycled, but actually don't studies show. And so if I can buy a better product that's just as good as what I'm currently doing and is also helping out, why not give it a try? The minute that you click into their funnel, yes, you can absolutely. And you have to be truthful in everything that you claim um, and you also shouldn't claim anything that's not true. Nothing sells better than the truth. That's what the Harmon brothers always say. And it's absolutely true. But as long as you you do good on that offer, once they get into the sales funnel, there's additional discounts and, and promotions to get into an auto ship program where if I buy a year's worth of laundry detergent that gets shipped to me, um, then, you know, uh, It's a better deal. And so you got to continually add value. And once I've done that, oh, now let me look at their other products, their multi-surface cleaner, their toilet cleaners. And so, you know, it's this whole ecosphere of different products that make that one click so much more valuable than just buy the product I'm talking about in the video.
0: I love it. And then you you're, you're building, hopefully if you're doing it properly, you're grabbing their SMS or their, their yep. phone numbers and you're grabbing their email addresses, obviously. So you can nurture, exactly. make new offers and things like that. Um, I love that. Uh, what was I going to say? I heard you say a budget for the the headache guy. Um, what's that product? I don't want to do it a disservice. What oh yeah. The pain, Pen pro. Yeah. The pain tuner pro, you said he had a budget of $30,000. Is that? Yeah. What you that, said
1: that's the, that's our standard package.
0: 30,000. And so talk to me about, that seems to be a pretty reasonable, uh, a pretty reasonable uh, number. It
1: depends who you compare us against. Okay. You know, as in everything, there's someone in their basement or always willing to do it for cheaper <laughs> right? Um, but comparing quality, you know there's we have competitors that won't even talk to you for half a million dollars. Yeah is is that
0: thirty thousand um, How do I want to say this and I and I don't mean is that like can someone get in the game thirty thousand dollars? Is that just like, uh oh, and it opens a whole can of worms and now I'm looking at another 30 and another 30 and another 30 No, or that, is it?
1: So yeah. really quickly, I'll just walk you through. I mean, I, I don't want this to be an infomercial for us. I want to give value. But yeah. if someone's to call us, our standard package that includes all of our services for those four months. So that's writing, shooting, and editing. The only things that we don't own, like actors paying for locations, buying props. Those are the only things that are in addition to that because it's not stuff that we have and I can't give you a price until we've written the script. But we always tell people, you know, rarely do we ever go go over $5,000 in hard costs. And that's just something that they pay directly to the acting agencies and the locations. It's not something that we mark up. So it really is $30,000. Um, and then, you know, those hard costs. Now, if you want to upgrade to the next package, which I talked about earlier, which is where we do three different opening hooks, we do three different offers. Then we take those videos. We do so now we have nine different videos because three and three. Then we do the long version, which is three minutes. But some platforms won't let you run three minutes. And also, some places you don't want a three minute video because you're just retargeting someone that's already watched the three minute video. So we also do a cut down version that's normally. Under two minutes, some clients say it has to be under 60 seconds so I can run it on TikTok. Other clients say, no, I'm just going to run it on Instagram. So a two minute will do. Um, Those never perform as well in a first impression as the long version. And it's really weird because, I mean, that's the thesis of what I'm saying is the more you can tell, the more you'll sell. But you have to earn the right to tell. So those shorter videos are really good for retargeting where somebody's watched the longer video over on YouTube or Facebook or a platform that allows you to watch the whole thing. But then we retarget them with the shorter version. And that works very, very well. Then obviously what we're doing is we, we while we're filming them, like I'm, I'm the director on all of our shoots, on my monitor, I have guides so I know where to crop it so that it can run as a square version on Facebook, because most of the people are going to be watching on their mobile phones and they won't flip it sideways as right. much as the director in me wants You know, my vision to be displayed the way that it was captured. Thank I've got to make sure face. that all of the by action, face. yeah, exactly, all the action <laughs> has to stay within those guides. So we're giving them a widescreen version for um, YouTube and desktop. Then we're giving them a square version for their mobile, and in some cases where they where they ask, so we need to do the nineteen by six for for, for the TikToks. Um, and then we're also doing you know versions that are visual. So all of the subtitles on the versions that are going to mobile, we are graphically designing those on the screen. You never want the platforms to auto populate that because you want to control the conversation and you want it to look visually engaging so that those 80% of people will read and still get the story just as much as if the sound was on. So anyway, it ends up being 36 different versions of the video for the the upgraded package, which is an additional $10,000.
0: It sounds like with your knowledge of funnels or the sales process, um, uh, just... It sounds like you're bringing a lot of knowledge and value and expertise and experience to to the game too, which I think is huge and I love. And, and I hear that. I hope everybody else does. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Um, TikTok allows for three-minute videos now. In some instances, people can do 10-minute videos. Are the ads different where you can only do a one-minute ad or are you able to start doing the three minute ads now? Or are there, it's my ignorance. I, I don't know. No.
1: And it, and it may be mine. And in all transparency, we are the creative shop. So we just create the videos. We then partner with digital agencies. And while I know enough to know that I don't know enough, yeah. um, I I would never run your campaign. I okay. would consult with either your in-house team of media buyers or your current agency or where clients don't have an agency, I have two or three that I've worked with for many, many years that I would recommend. So those are the people that would really dictate what's the best platform, number one. you know, Let's look at your demographic. Let's look at their, their buying habits, their viewing habits. Okay, this is, a, this is an audience that w- we're solidly going to be on Facebook. Now, they're also on Instagram. They're also on Pinterest, or they're also on Snapchat. Those are secondary things, but we would primarily be focusing on a square video in that case. Um, if, if they were to tell us TikTok is your audience, then we're going to be doing something very different. Having said all of that, um, TikTok is a different beast. It really is. Um, we are still, our, our, the majority of our success still comes from Facebook and YouTube and then Instagram. Yeah. TikTok, we're still figuring out total transparency because right. people on TikTok are much more used to, oh, I see that's an added scroll straight away. But oh. that makes our job even more important that that opening hook has to work. Don't get me wrong. We have had success on TikTok It's just not our first platform because people on TikTok are are a lot more um, real, user-generated home videos. Those seem to do better. And we always tell our clients, you shouldn't just look at us as being your only form of advertising. You should still be doing these home video style, cell phone video customer unboxing testimonials messages from the ceo things that are authentic what we do is not the authentic type of branding and marketing it's the big production and you got to have a mixed portfolio to really test and see success so I love just that. a few thoughts there
0: no i love that and it sounds like you're it, you know you're still working out the framework or the model for tiktok and perhaps do you even want to do you even want to produce that I suppose, right. as, it, as an agency, but, um, um, are you an agency? Would you consider yourself? Yeah, something? we're creative okay. agent, yeah. creative yeah. agent. Yeah. But yeah. Yes. Cool. Cool. Um, um Ogilvy number two, the, the,
1: the, the, yeah. Ogilvy number two. Let's see. Gosh, I gotta, I got I gotta dust off some cobwebs. Um, I mean, <laughs> we had copy p- copy pos- copy is pos- number one positioning, right? Positioning. He talks about positioning, how, You know who's who is the first man on the moon?
0: Uh, Oh yeah, Armstrong.
1: Who is the second? Yeah, Yeah. who knows? Who's the second? (laughs) I I I can't remember. You you gotta be first. Now if you're not first, you gotta appear to be first. I'll give you the example. Um, And and I don't want to offend my friends at True Earth, but they have a ton of competitors now. The minute we launched our video, I mean, our, our very first video, just one video has 60 million views. I think it's maybe even 70 by now. Within one week, it was, I mean, it instantly went quote unquote viral. Now, again, we all know that it, it's, it's paid ads that helps to get it to go viral. Um, and, and the goal of any of these campaigns isn't to just make a video, put it on YouTube and pray that it goes viral because it won't. It's more about, Making a video that when you spend a dollar will give you those three, four, five dollars in return every time. So you want to continually feed the machine because you're getting the return because the ads are working so well. But but back to the point: positioning, you got to be first in the mind of the customer. Now, now I believe that True Earth were actually the first to invent the product that they have, which is a waterless laundry detergent. But now all of these other companies, these knockoffs have come out trying to do the same thing. Now, if somebody else did it first, you can still position yourself to be first. Because if I don't know that your competitors exist and you're the first that I interact with, you're the first. You're Neil Armstrong. And so, again, these kinds of videos is a great way to get out there. And I think a lot of business owners get hung up on, well, but, you know, a lot of people know about my competitors. No, they don't. They don't. You, you think that they do, but you're so wrapped up in your business that it seems like they do. To the average person on the street, you know, give them your category. How many, people, how many brands can they name? Now, obviously, in some cases they can, but, but get into the customer's mind first and stay there. So that's another thing from Ogilvy is, is just the value of positioning. Um, and then probably final is don't, you know, price, stop worrying about price, worry about value. Worry about value. People don't sell, people don't buy based on price. Now they, they think that they do, but if you can position the value um, I remember one brand in the UK, I think it was a, it was a beer brand and their whole slogan was that they, they ran ads with people fainting when the bar tab, when the, when the bartender gave them the tab and the whole slogan was reassuringly expensive. I mean, just, just think of the genius of that. How many CEOs would have run that campaign? And yet, you know, that's the value that you can create from nothing, if you really do believe in your product. Again, back to nothing sells better than the truth. You have to have a great product, but stop worrying about stop worrying about brand uh, about price, and worry more about value. It's beautiful.
0: Thank you for that. That's a great nugget. Uh, dovetailing off of that, what are the top three tricks or the top three ways, or say it how you want to increase that value?
1: So again, number one, you have to have, you have to start with a great product. Um, And if you don't have a great product, you have to go back to R and D. I can't tell you how many clients call me up and say, yeah, we want to make a video. And and we start the process of asking the simple questions, you know, what sets you apart from your competitors? What is it that makes you different? And they really don't have anything. And I say to them, you, you don't have a marketing problem. You have an R&D problem. You have to go create that better mousetrap or at least use it in a better way. Um, so, so number one is, is have an authentic product to sell. Number two is act like a billion-dollar company. Like, look at your website right now. Look at the last email you sent out. Look at the last video that you produced would a billion dollar company have produced that ad now i'm not talking about production value i'm not talking about that because mcdonald's and the biggest brands on the planet apple have recently started doing campaigns where they've given phones to their customers and have said make us a, make us an ad that we can run on tiktok because they back to that thing of it needs to look authentic so the, the, the field has been leveled. You have all of the equipment that you need is the messaging is, is the, is the content that you're putting out there, the content that you would put out there if you're a billion dollar company, just reframe your thinking um, to, to increase that, that value. Um, And then finally, you know, look, look at how do these huge companies, how do they continue to engage with their with their consumers. you know whether that's bringing out different line extent- extensions, if you have one flagship product, if you have one SKU that 80% of your customers are buying, you know what other things are, are that same customer buying? How can you increase the value there but also you know think about how often am I interacting with that customer? You know, are, is there a cold list somewhere, like I mentioned earlier with my Pain Tuna Pro example, you know, an email list that has kind of been stagnant. Is there a list somewhere or is there a way that I can mine information to get a list that I can then bring back to life, whether with with a campaign like the kind that I'm talking about or some other campaign? But how often, and I'm not talking about spamming them, there's a huge difference, you got to add value.
0: I love that. That's amazing. Thank you for those for those three nuggets. Um, how much time? And let's give me ninety seconds on how much time and money have you invested
1: into learning your craft? Oh, good grief! I mean, in the in the early days, I'm not even kidding. I drove my fiance now wife absolutely nuts because. I was co- I constantly had my head in a book or I constantly was on a training course I mean I started before the days of YouTube long before the days of YouTube I mean nobody has an excuse these days not to learn something I I can remember spending you know dates where I would want to go into Borders and Barnes & Noble and go into their, you know, marketing and advertising section or filmmaking section, or I was constantly reading, Um, but I was also constantly consuming. And I think that's in the creative world. This may not apply to all of your, your listeners, but in a creative world, we said earlier, where do ideas come from? And I certainly believe in inspiration, but I also believe in the words of Pablo Picasso, good artists copy, great artists steal. And so look at what everyone else is doing. Look one of my favorite days of the year is not Super Bowl Sunday, it's Super Bowl Monday if that's a phrase. I I could care less about the football. I want to see the commercials. I want to see where's the benchmark this year. I mean every agency is that's their holy grail of the year is releasing these commercials. Or you know look at companies like the Harmon Brothers who were our mentors what are they creating? What have they created? You know, look at, look at people that are doing creative stuff. doesn't even have to be anything relevant to what you're doing. Ideas can come. And so the answer is a a lot. (laughs) You got to constantly be learning. I love it. It's so good. Um,
0: How patient are your customers with you and how many tries do they give you?
1: That's a really good question. I don't think I've ever had a customer who's been impatient. Trying to think if we ever did. I mean, we set expectations. You know, we, we were talking earlier about eliminating deadlines. We don't eliminate deadlines, we give ourselves healthy, realistic freedom empowering deadlines so from day one our customers get a list of you know here's the calendar here's what the next four months looks like you know after two weeks you're going to get our first set of brainstorm results after six weeks you're going to get our first draft of the script after you know and and we're constantly keeping to those deadlines you can't you can't say okay we we don't believe in deadlines anymore and still expect to you know have happy customers Um, how many tries have they given us um i I think one of the miracles of what we do is we tell our clients we'll give you unlimited edits on anything like you don't like our ideas we don't like our ideas now we'll give you a good argument as to why we like our ideas but you know a lot of people will say you know you get this many revisions and the, the the amazing thing is when we do literally put our blood, sweat, and tears into every one of these campaigns, more than not, the problem isn't we want different ideas, it's we can't decide between the ideas you've given us. And, and that sometimes is the harder thing, because like our first step in the whole process is we go away, we do a whole bunch of research, we come back. Um I mean, literally, I just sent one to a client yesterday. Um and it's a, it's a PowerPoint with five slides and each slide is a pitch for a concept for a video. So that's not a script. It's just who's the hero character in this video and what's their big entertaining world that they live in in which the problem is manifest. Okay. So for example, I probably can't get publicly give away details of their campaign, but you know, we will come back to them and some are really out there. Like really crazy. I mean, think about the, the board meeting where the Harmon brothers proposed a pooping unicorn that craps ice cream hosted by a mythical prince. What CEO, what, what self-respecting board executive is going to say yes to that? And actually they said no. And a year later, when sales had gone down and down and down, they finally saw the light and said, oh, bring those crazy boys back. Let's give them a try. million in sales later is the best, you know, most successful campaign of its kind, but you have to have the guts to go with your gut. And a lot of times when we present ideas, you know, it's less about clients giving us different um, tries and more about clients saying to us, you tell us what we should do because we like them all. Yeah, I love it. Which is, which is a perfect place to be. Yeah.
0: And I guess my question is, you know, you're gonna, you're going to produce a video for somebody or or go through this whole process. And some are going to flame out just by the nature of of what we do right so Mm -hmm. do they give you multiple tries or are there frustration levels or do how many people throw in the towel and finally say enough or talk to me uh, give me some color around yeah Yeah.
1: i mean we we always say we won't guarantee you a thing except our very best right We, we can't guarantee anything we can show you what other clients have done we can show you you know different different results um but, you know, some clients are, are very, very small and you've got to accept that running a campaign like this requires two things. It requires the time and resources to produce the video, but then it also requires that you put a decent amount of money behind running ads to get it out there. And because of the nature of the, the the beast, you know, some go very, very quickly quote unquote viral because they work so well that the clients continue to spend more and more and more money. But then you also have, you know, if it really resonates, people will start to share it and it will get an organic virality to it that isn't tied to paid dollars. We always tell people that's the cherry on the top. Don't bank on that, but it often happens and it's very, very nice. Um, you know, definitely some of our campaigns have performed better and quicker than others. Um, I don't think I've ever had a client that has said that it, they didn't make their money back and that it wasn't worth it. I've never had a client that has come back since the five years when we started funny sales videos that came back and said, you know, I want my money back or I didn't find value in it. It, it, it just hasn't happened.
0: Cool. Uh, thank you for that. I love that. Um, I've got a couple more questions. I want to be cognizant of time, your time. Uh, clearly you, you've you got to be busy with all this uh, funny video creation that you're doing, but
1: <laughs> this everybody, is, this, this is a good creative break though.
0: <laughs> yes. Right. Uh, funny sales videos.com. Go check it out. Uh, sorry. i I lost my track jo- uh, train of thought here. Joseph Wilkins is who I'm talking to clearly gifted at what you do you and your team you've put a lifetime into this 20 years to get to where you are the skill set that you have uh, the time and money that you have invested the passion like people go check it out funnysalesvideo.com and there's the free pdf put your email in there and get how to produce a funny sales video without hiring us which is packed with content so there's a ton of value everybody should just to get ideas, to learn, to, to tap into that creative flow, go check that out. Um, so somebody, you, you, you are talking to a prospect, right? And you're like, yeah, our entry level is $30,000, but overall budget, you're looking for people that have $500,000 to spend on a campaign between, Oh you no, no, you, no. Or
1: like, yeah, go. No, I mean, I, back to the example of the pain tuna pro, this guy was spending a hundred dollars a day on ads. So what's that? I think he only ran Monday through Friday. So five, 500 a week. So 25, $3,000 a month that, I mean, that's, that's scratching the bottom of the potential. And, and he got amazing results. I typically tell people, um, in fact, right on our website, there's a place that anyone can request a free 30-minute brainstorming session with me one-on-one to do nothing more than just brainstorm ideas for free, no obligation. But I tell those people when they fill out the form, if you're not spending or prepared to spend 10 grand a month on ads, you probably won't see the results that make spending that $30,000 worth it you know within a few months um you know w- would we do it sure we don't have any we don't have any requirements yeah. um but we just tell people to get the results you should be spending you know uh, you could probably get by with 5 but really 10 grand a month is is what we would recommend if you're going to invest the money to do a campaign like this but we we have clients I mean, we literally have had clients spend a hundred thousand dollars a day on our ads. Love it. So good. So
0: you're basically uh, you 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 create the creative, I guess is what we would say. Yeah, then small budget, small ad budget, or small ad spend testing. on on testing. testing. Yep, exactly. Yep. and then exactly. as soon as you see that return on ad spend or the R, what is that? Uh ROAS ROAS. As soon yep. as you get that, then you just start cranking it up and then, and uh, a pretty cool model. So I love that. And,
1: and I should just add one more thing ROAS is great. And we have case study after case study that we could talk about. But there's another benefit that doesn't happen on the bottom line of the balance sheet, and that is branding. Now, these ads are fo- solely focused on immediate sales. They're direct response. That's my background in infomercial. When you run an infomercial, if the phone doesn't ring or the website doesn't click, you've, you know, you've, you've failed. And so that's my background. But there's something about these kinds of ads that creates this ripple effect. Let me give you an example. So the, the first day that True Earth, True Earth released their very first video, we're now writing number nine. So clearly it's working, Uh, but the very first video that we launched the second day they were number two in personal care on Amazon. You can't buy that. That means so many people were watching the video and then clicking over to Amazon, so they wouldn't have attributed those sales to my video, but they it, it lifted it the so much that it became number two on Amazon. They also started; they had a sales team that had been cold calling into um, grocery stores. Uh, I, I don't know, I don't know the names, but the buyers in the grocery stores wouldn't return their call, wouldn't take their call. After the campaign. The buyers started calling them, saying, customers are coming in, asking for your product by name. We have to stock it. We ended up doing billboards with the face of the character of our videos because it was so recognizable. I mean, it it takes on a life of its own if done right. We never promise that that will happen, but it's happened.
0: You are awesome, Joseph. I love this man. This has been so much fun. Um, I personally am all into uh, having fun, v- doing videos, interviewing people. Uh, I recently got flown out to to Ireland to uh, this uh, uh, mastermind networking event at, in a castle for five days. But uh, cool. yeah, yeah, I was uh, hired to uh, capture all the testimonials. I'm all about testimonials and case studies and helping people get you know, get that story arc so we can have a good testimonial, a good case study. Um, but it's, it's uh, a fledgling, fledgling startup for me. So um, I'm an in, inevitably going to have listeners and watchers who are following me on that journey and are perhaps fledgling video uh, creators, editors, content creators, or are interested in making ads, right? Uh, I think there's clearly a ton of opportunity as video continues to explode, um, short-form, long-form content. It seems like, at least for the foreseeable future, there's unlimited growth yes. and opportunity. Yes.
1: Um, So what would the the platforms, the platforms are changing, but the strategy of telling a good story will never change, you know, ever since the days of the cavemen, you know, whether it's the wall of a cave or the screen of your tablet, it's, it's telling stories. I see the next thing being, okay, what's this metaverse thing? How do I take my storytelling into the metaverse? How is augmented reality and virtual reality Uh, something that I should be keeping an eye on and technology changes, but storytelling and the desires of people to hear a good story. I don't think that'll ever change.
0: Love it. So good. So give me, give, I have two more questions for you and then uh, we'll get back to the, to our work day. Um, (laughs) What would be your top three tips for fledgling uh, let's say uh, ad creators or or video content creators, you know, people who are like, I want to get into this space of of making little ads or or you know, working in video.
1: Yeah, so I got hung up early days on the technology, and I think the technology. I mean, I'm I'm a hypocrite saying this because I will buy every new shiny object there is. Um, I'm blessed to be in a position where I can do that now. I didn't used to be able to, and that's how I you know, boot scrapped my way into this industry. But I would tell people that technology is probably the last thing that you should worry about. Now, obviously, in a video production environment, you have to look professional. But these days, I mean, the red camera, latest camera that I just bought a couple months ago, put against my iPhone? Yes, I can tell. Yes, I can tell you that you'll probably be able to tell, but I don't think you can tell to the extent that you think you can. I think the much more important thing is, are you a good storyteller? The story always comes first. I mean, that's Pixar's mantra, right? Story is everything. And so before you waste too much money And too much time doing what I did and really going down the rabbit hole of learning every kind of technology and and fixating on the next shiny object, fixate yourself on how do I improve my storytelling abilities. And I'm not just talking about narrative, which is what we do, which is basically taking nothing and creating a story. Um, I'm also talking about how do you get somebody to tell a story So if I'm sitting down, just like you did in Ireland, if I'm sitting down with somebody interviewing them, I used to tell people my greatest strength was my interview skills. Now, I don't do interviews anymore. It's not what I do, but I used to do them day in, day out, right? So I would sit down with the CEO And I would get somebody that looked like a deer in the headlights and I would have to figure out how do I connect with that person? How do I calm them down, get them to not worry about the fact that they're now in a safe place. I'm not going to let anything get edited that they don't feel comfortable with. And then I'm going to get them to open up and talk. And I think those two things really focusing on how to write good stories, but also how to find good stories out of existing Experience, that's huge. Second thing I would say, going back to technology, is I focus too much on the cameras and not enough on the sound. Sound is 50% of the picture. There's a reason both of us are sitting here in front of a very expensive microphone because most people will forgive a bad picture. Now, I have a good camera, but I don't know how my internet, this may get fuzzy, but the sound will probably come through just fine. And people will forgive a bad picture much faster than they'll forgive bad sound. So I would say focus some time on sound. Um, Third tip, I would say network. Realize filmmaking is a team sport and find local people that you can bring into your um, crew There's so many people these days that want to learn filmmaking, so many students. I mean, I'm right here between two major universities. I've done, uh, for about 10 years, I did an internship program where every semester we would bring in a student from a local university and, you know, I would mentor them and, you know, they would tell me that they learned more in the three months working with me than the four years and $200,000 one guy spent in film school. And so, you know, take on projects, right? When when you're getting started, take on projects that may not pay much, if anything, and use those as opportunities to say, if I'm sitting down, as we did once in front of Google, pitching them for for a project, you know, I'm going to make this good enough that I can use that as my portfolio to step up to the next project. So a few random thoughts. Beautiful. Those are great,
0: great great insights. Thank you for that. Um, I have a, I thought I had one last question, but now I have two. Uh, As far as as the editing side of things, do you outsource that or do you have somebody that you've trained or how, how, tell me the, like that leap from you being willing to hand over that. that
1: yeah. Oh, that that's a touchy subject. We could talk forever. I'm a control freak. Uh, let's just put it out there. Every single project that you see on a website, like I, I have other people that do stuff, but I always have final cut. So I always am the one that has, you know, my fingers on the keyboard doing the final grade, doing the final edit, doing the, you know, yes, I have. And today, you know, most of our team are freelancers um, half of which I've never physically met. Uh, so I have people all over the place, you know, some people for after effects work, some, I have a, a, a music engineer in Nashville, my color grader, actually he's in, he's here in Utah, but I've never met him. Um, I've got, you know, all of these people all over the place, but you know, I, I think my company would be a lot bigger and we, you know, this isn't therapy, but my company would be a lot bigger if I wasn't the control freak that I am, but um, I love the size that we are because I can control the quality. I used to be, I used to do chop shop projects where, you know, I, I would let that all go out and we had a team of 12 or so people that would just pump stuff out and I, w- I just wasn't proud of it. So, yeah, I, I don't know that that answered your question. We use... Uh, the adobe suite for pretty much everything that we do um and yeah i have other people but i have to have the final final word the final say do you uh you obviously like
0: uh the adobe suite versus apple's uh, uh yes. final cut pro and stuff like that yeah what what's your number one reason that you're like adobe uh,
1: yeah well so i used to work for apple and i was 100 final cut all the way, in fact, I I flew out to Cupertino. I met all of the key executives. I, I, I was demoing their software um, at BYU, Brigham Young University. I was the Apple campus rep. So I would go to Apple mothership, be trained on what to go sell on campus. And so every software vendor would send me free stuff. In fact, that's probably how I got into doing what I did because, you know, they would send me all the – hardware and software i i mean i had the dream job um and so i was a raving fan of everything apple up until and some people may turn off now up until they released final cut x or 10 whatever you want to call it i remember being in las vegas at nab when they released that at the super meet and i tried for about a week to use it and i gave up and i switched to premiere and that was probably 10 years ago and i haven't been back to Apple since they just uh, I, there's a whole bunch of things that it now I just couldn't get it to do. I'm sure they've fixed all of it, but to me they just kind of killed themselves in the professional market. It was more like iMovie than it was a professional nonlinear editor. Mm. And you know it's hard to kill habits of 10 years when everything I still use the final cut shortcuts in my premiere system. Um, but that's all I have of Apple other than their hardware. I still, you know, talking of shiny objects, I've got this brand new Mac studio that just came last week that fully pimped out that probably doesn't do that much more than my iMac pro that I gave it out for. But again, I just have to have the shiny objects.
0: Oh my God. You could spend what, like $90,000 on that little unit too. if yeah. You want to. I mean, yeah. Oh my God. Oh my goodness, Joseph. This has been so 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 much fun for me. Thank you. Um me too. yeah, man. Everybody go to uh uh funny sales videos.com, check out, check out Joseph Wilkins' work, uh download his uh his uh awesome uh PDF, how to produce a funny sales video without hiring us, and schedule the consult. Why not? Yeah, C- click on the link, schedule the half hour, and uh if you got a little bit of a budget and you want to blow up your business and get some brand awareness and perhaps be number one or two in your
1: category on Amazon, why not? <laughs> we, we we can't promise, but you know, here's hoping. Yeah, one okay. other thing, I'll just add in one final plug. Obviously, yeah. your your listeners probably like podcasts. Um, I do have my own podcast. If you're looking at the video version, how to make a video go viral. That's, uh, we go into way more detail. We've got 30 plus episodes, haven't done one for a while, but it's a really good um, foundational course. We go step-by-step through all of the eight steps in the ebook. We interview people that have had these amazing videos go quote unquote viral, both clients that we've done videos for, but we've also just, you know, pulled in people that have done it themselves or hired other agencies. We love to learn from doing
0: so good! I can't wait to dive into that podcast, into your podcast. Quick on the um, on the uh, Oxford event, uh, let's plug that again. The sure. live vid Tao livevidta dot com. Uh, August seventeenth through the eighteenth. Uh, it's going to focus on creating video sales letters. Is that what you said?
1: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot more, but you know, it's it's a video marketing conference.
0: Yeah, so tell me what could people expect from that. Give me give me ninety seconds on why this.
1: Oh, um, I mean, I'm really going to die. I'm going to show, do something that I'm not able to do on podcasts. I'm going to show examples of of campaigns that we've done, Uh, but really, I'm there to step by step teach them uh, a crash course. I think I only have an hour, but a crash course. On how they can do the same kinds of videos, how they can find the team members, how they can—I um, mean, a lot of this content is inside my ebook. So, uh, but I'm gonna—I'm gonna give a lot of value there and just basically teach people 20 years condense into one hour of why they should at least—I mean, my goal is that by the end of it, they should at least be thinking, okay, should we add humor into our videos? You know, what are we missing by not having humor? Because marketing is a salad and you should have all kinds of ingredients.
0: I love that. So there, there's going to be you, what, there's going to be how many speakers presenters? Uh, there?
1: Oh gosh. There's two days of back-to-back seminars, um, an hour each, but there's some breakouts. So I I mean, there's probably a dozen. And, and these are really, really top of their game guys. You know, I, I kind of feel like I have a bit of imposter syndrome even showing up, but my honestly, the reason that I'm flying over there is to learn from these other guys you know, because you you never, never can get to a point where you say, I know it all.
0: Oh my gosh. To have that FaceTime with other professionals in that environment, in just that uh, super uh, creative space and everybody uh, giving, and uh, that's going to be awesome. I, I, yeah, you're going to learn a ton, obviously, and give a bunch. And I like the idea too, of uh, Russell Brunson talks about uh, offering your frameworks in different ways or what have you. Right. Yeah. So you've yeah. got your free ebook, right? Yep. And you're like, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm imagining get paid something to, uh, to go teach for an hour yeah. to, uh, to, um, to a bunch of uh, marketing folks. Who would you expect to be there as an audience?
1: Yeah, I mean, entrepreneurs, um, literally anyone who has an interest in marketing, whether video marketing is your niche, your, your specialty, you know, those, those guys are just going to get absolutely overwhelmed with new ideas, new strategies. Um, but, you know, I, I think anyone who is, um, you know, has any function in marketing would just have an absolute blast. Plus, you know, the, 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 the arena is just awesome. Being in Oxford and it's an, it's an hour away from London. Oh, my gosh. You know, just, just tell your boss you need it. <laughs>
0: Amazing. Is there going to be a virtual option or is it There's not. Opinion?
1: And that's that's an interesting conversation. So the company that's putting on made a strategic decision that no filming will be allowed, which is kind of a bummer for me because I, you know, going all that way, I'd love to have a record of it, but uh, their their strategy is that if you're at an event and you know that you can see it another time, you won't pay attention in the way that you would if you know this is a one-time event, and you won't get a second chance. So, that's a decision that they made. I think it's an interesting one.
0: It's very interesting. Good for them for going for it and drawing the hard line and 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 doing a little A/B testing. An expensive, yeah, an expensive A/B test. But what yeah. the heck? More more will be revealed. Um, just so you know, you've given me so many amazing sound bites and little nuggets. Realistically, I'm going to be chopping up and making all kinds of little. Uh, I like oh, cool. to call them mini clips and pumping them out there just so you're aware and cool with that. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. And then um, I would pr- realistically too create a cool little outro on each one that was like, check you out literally. So I would, wouldn't even be doing it for me to get credit, but just, uh, just cause it's fun um, to it. make these little things and pump them out there. So they would probably have the trailer on the end. That was like, you know, funny sales videos.com or so I might. I might pull your logo and plop it on the end and push it out there. Okay. Cool. Absolutely. Love it. And then, so last question, thank you for being so patient and giving me your time this morning and just dropping literally bomb after bomb, (laughs) having so much fun here. Um, Is there anything that you would be remiss if you didn't say like we hang up or we hit end? I just gave my age by saying, hang up, but where you're like, man, I wished I'd have, or I should have, or.
1: No, I think, I think we've covered. uh, I don't think there's anything that I would add. Okay.
0: (laughs) That was a, (laughs) come on, come up with something. (laughs) No, you don't have to. Um, Well, awesome, Joseph. I'm going to let you get back to your day. Uh, Everybody uh, give us a look, like, and a follow. Check out uh, Joseph Wilkins at funny sales video. .com and uh, let's go sell some
1: stuff. Yeah, go go listen, go watch some videos and buy some of my customers' crap.
0: <laughs> I love it. Thank you, thank you for listening to this episode of the Table Rush Talk Show. For resources to help you sell your stuff, go to B-E-L-O-V-E.media forward slash resources. That's media forward slash resources, and be sure to subscribe, comment, five-star, and share. Thank you again for listening.